Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. Nick Bradley here. Welcome to another special episode of Scale Up Your Business, because this is a bit of a bonus one. You may remember a couple of weeks ago, I had a gentleman by the name of Gary Henderson come on the show. And I decided to create a new part, if you like, a mini-series within the show called Chat with Titans. And that is based on the amazing people that I'm meeting now that I'm spending more time on Clubhouse and just starting to kind of understand how that whole platform works. But more importantly, I'm just getting to kind of meet some people that I may have known on my radar for some time, but just haven't had the access to them literally on a daily basis like I am now getting by being on Clubhouse. So Gary was the first person that I brought onto the show. Uh, He, you know, as I said during that interview, he has smashed it in literally four weeks on Clubhouse. He's kind of had some of the biggest rooms and, and built an amazing profile. This week, I want to bring someone on who has done that and to be be honest, a little bit more because this guy has come onto the platform. He's got himself to something like 50,000 followers within about five weeks, which is just unheard of. I mean, you can't do that on anything else, certainly not Instagram and all those sort of areas. He's been committed daily to being there and showing up and has been running some of the biggest rooms. Now, these rooms have been getting 1,500, 2,000, 2,500 people on a regular basis. And he's been getting some of the greatest guests, if you like, into those rooms. So we've had people there like Jesse Itzler, we've had Grant Cardone, we've had Jay Shetty, uh, to name but a few, but there's been many others. So the person who's coming on today's episode, the Chat with Titans episode, is Mario Nafal. Now, Mario is the founder of the Athena Group of Companies. That's a business conglomerate that operates in more than 40 countries. He actually started his first business with 300 Australian dollars in the bank, selling blenders door to door. Uh, he's now you know, created a significant empire around that, which includes multiple other ventures. He even has his own VC fund. He's a partner in that. And the interesting part about Mario's story is that in 2020, he started, to, he started to document his journey because he wanted to help other entrepreneurs. And that came off the back of some pretty challenging things that happened to him personally, where he almost lost all of it through some scamming that happened with, um, you know, maybe some decisions that were made with partners that weren't who he thought they were. So like anything, I think you can learn a lot from people's stories. Mario has become a good friend of mine. And of late, interestingly enough as well, he has created so much um, momentum, which is one of his favorite words on Clubhouse, that he's you know created his own, let's call it allies and foes, which can sometimes happen when you get into this crazy world of social media. Anyway, I'll let him tell his story. This is interviewed live on Clubhouse. So we are there with a room full of people who are waiting to ask questions. But like all things, I'm only going to record the part where I interview him so you can get value out of the conversation. So welcome to our second episode of Chat with Titans as part of Scale Up Your Business. And welcome to the stage, to the microphone, Mario Nafal. 
So hi everybody, Nick Bradley here. We are here live on Clubhouse for an episode of the Scale Up Your Business podcast. I don't know if this is the first time it's been done, but it's probably one of the first times. And I am going to be interviewing a pretty awesome entrepreneur today, someone who's been on Clubhouse with me for the last week. I've got to know him very well. And actually, I've known of him before that because you know he's been doing some pretty cool stuff in the world of business. That person is Mario Nafal. Nice to meet you. Nice to have you here. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business, sir. I appreciate it, Nick. Thank you for having me. Excellent, mate. Well, listen, this this episode is going to be called Entrepreneur in Focus. I've done a series of these. I've had some pretty amazing people on. Um, and I like to kick things off by by getting the audience to know a little bit more about you, your story, your journey. So so just please introduce yourself, Mario, and you know who you are and what you do. Sure. So I started business a few years ago. Uh, out of, you know, I had $500 in the bank in Australia, and I launched my first e-commerce business. So I got seven figures in the first year, eight figures in the second year, and um, bootstrap. So that, that's where my story began. Um, I built an events business after that, the real food revolution. Got to six figures, again, focused on Australia. And then I scaled my e-com to over 30 countries. And then I launched my first B2B, so my first agency, uh, a few years ago, 2017 in crypto. Then got seven figures in less than six months. And then I got scanned. I lost almost everything at that company, almost went bankrupt. And my e-commerce companies went few, uh, through a few hiccups. Again, legal trouble. Uh, we got screwed there as well in the same year. So it was a really tough year, almost lost everything. But survived, and since then, over the last two years, I launched more companies in B two B. One of them got eight figures, another one is about to hit seven figures, and then launching more e commerce companies as well. Right now, they're all in the six figures. So that's my story, man. I, I'm just been pumping out companies, and now I'm I'm doubling down on Clubhouse. So I started Clubhouse a week and a half ago, and I'm sure we're going to dig into that as well because you're really active on the platform. You're killing it more than I am, and um, <laughs> I'm focusing a lot on Clubhouse now. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm killing it more than you are, sir, but I want to get into it. There's One of the things I like to do, and you've probably got a sense of this in the time that we've known each other, I like to go quite deep into things. I, I listen and I like to go deep. There's a number of things you just said then which are really, really fascinating to me, right? You have this incredible ability of, of being able to do things at a pace, you know, be that starting businesses, growing businesses, the stuff you've done on Clubhouse in the last week that, that I haven't seen very much before what is it that drives you to be able to do that with such a level of focus um and to some extent um you know as i said before just the, the speed of which you get things done um i'm a very impatient person so I'll, I'll try to answer your questions nick my by going deep about my story but also trying to, to, to structure it in a way where others could could apply what i'm talking about so i'm an impatient person and i've always been like this as a personality trait so what i do is i leverage that that personality trait which could be seen as a weakness by some, to use it as a strength. So I knew that I'm impatient. I knew that I've got that drive. But I also know that sometimes I, I, I don't calculate things right and I might not, not channel that impatience towards the right path. So what I worked on over the last few years is how to, a strategy. Like if I'm going to be impatient, I'm going to go all in, I have to make sure it's the right thing and how do I determine it's the right thing. And I do it in the right way with the right people. So what I've done is I, I understood my personality trait, in this case, impatience. I knew what I needed to make sure I get the most out of it. And I applied those things. And so that answers your question. That It's that drive that I've always had. But to bring value to the audience, when you understand a weakness or a strength, play around with it so you can try to use it to your advantage. 
not sure if that makes sense, Nick. No, it does. It does. But as I said to you, you know, we're not going to let you off the hook, right? Because that's not how it works on Scale Up Your Business. We're going to go a little bit deeper. Where did that start, right? So, you know, the, the, I, I get that, you know, you have that sort of uh, that, that ability to do it. But where do you think that came from? Where did you first learn that? That's a good question, man. Um, I genuinely don't know. I know some people might just answer just so they fill the gap. But I genuinely don't know. And I'm actually going to think about it tonight to try to understand where it came from. I've had a pretty crazy life all in all since childhood. So I'm sure maybe something triggered it because my parents are both not like that. Um, so I'm going to dig into it more and try to understand where it came from. What I, I think, okay, what it could have been is that I, um, when I was in, in high school, when I my, migrated to Australia, I, I, I didn't really have a life I, on purpose. I was always driven to achieve things. That was my goal. And I was always driven by momentum. So you know how different people are driven by different things. Some people like to give, some people like recognition. Mine is momentum. I, I really appreciate momentum. And that's what gives me the drive as a, as a personality trait. So I'm always chasing that momentum um, that leads to the drive itself to kind of always reach that momentum, whether it's in business or it's in dancing or it's in my personal life. I'm always chasing that that little that feeling of of momentum, things going forward and going forward fast. I'm also a pretty competitive person. I can be, but I've worked on that, so I've improved that one. <laughs> I've seen that in the last few days <laughs> as well. No, and listen, I, I respect the fact that you want to reflect on the question because it's not necessarily something that's an easy question to answer. You know, I, I've gone through that myself and had to go deep into understanding why I do what I do. A lot of it comes back to how I was brought up. Um, and, and in some cases, it comes back to things that you might have missed or uh, equally things that you were surrounded with, because a lot of how we do things in life comes back to programming, right? And, you know, you can change your programming, but it's often about the environment and obviously the people that are around you. Because what, what I see, right, and this is, this is in the space of a few days, but as I said, I've known of you for a while, you know, is, is someone who, you know, once he gets onto something, once he sees an opportunity, he goes, not, I wouldn't even say 100% in, it's more than that. It's like all in. So, so for me, it's about understanding if there was a mentor or if there was a person, an environment. It could have even been a tragedy, right? Something that happened early in your life that made you say, you know what? I am now just going to go for it. I'm not going to you know, slow down. I'm going to absolutely do the best I possibly can. Yeah, if you, if you want to go that deep, and by the way, your audience just doubled, so I appreciate that you guys are finding value in this, and you'll be, all be able to ask questions shortly, and uh, so you'll be able to put your hand up. Um, but if you want to go that deep, uh, Nick, yeah, look, I, my life um, wasn't easy, and at one stage, I didn't have a life for a period of time. So it, it kind of, you know, I was at a position where I could just sit there and live with no life, and it's hard to explain the feeling. And anyone that's been there would understand. Anyone that hasn't, it's really difficult to relate to it. Where you genuinely don't have a life. You don't. You don't have a personality. You don't have a life. You don't have any, any, anything. And that's when I migrated from from Australia, from uh, Lebanon to Australia as a, as a child. So that that I had two. I was at a fork. I had two paths I could take. Just take it as is. And you know, this is you know the the, the hand I've been dealt. And just deal with it or, you know, do two things with it. Leverage it or try to, to use the obstacle as the way. So if something really difficult, try to, again, leverage it, two in one actually. So if it's an obstacle, it's a bad time, how can I use it to my advantage? So if I came into a country, I don't speak the language um, and I've had a, a pretty rough time there. Okay, 
what can I do? Well, my re- leverage was that, hey, I don't have friends. I don't have time for friends. I don't speak the language. What can I do with that? And what I did was I focused on things that can take me somewhere else. So I had time to trade stock market. I had try- time to read a book a week or two books a week at a, at a young age. Study like crazy. I had to you know, go martial arts every day. So I would focus on the things I could do. And if, you know, what happened recently, Nick, it's the same thing. It's my personality now. What happened recently on the platform here, I, I got crushed for a while. You know, I, I would run a room with a thousand people and I went down to a hundred at one stage when I got crushed. And I could have just taken it as is and, hey, you know, this is it. It's not going to work. Or I could leverage it to my advantage. I'm not sure if you got a message. I'll send a message to everyone. Say, hey, you know, I got, I got punched in the face. My response will be X, Y, Z, which is running a room myself instead of joining other people's rooms. So it's, um, it's a mindset of the obstacle is the way. Anyone listening, to give you a value, a, a, a bit of value here, the obstacle is a way is an immensely, immensely, immensely valuable book. Um, and that's focused on a mindset and not the cheesy mindset where everyone likes to talk about mindset um, when they want to talk about anything that doesn't make sense or it's a bit vague. No, in this case, it is a mindset. It's the best definition of a mindset and the stoic mindset. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. And I think over the last few years, that's been my mindset without knowing what it means, uh, which is a stoic mindset. And then I read the book and I'm like, holy shit. That's how I've always thought. <laughs> well, Ryan Holiday's a bit of a, a bit of a uh, magician when it comes to this sort of stuff. I've read all of his books, um, and you're right. You know, there's the, the thing about this is there's things in your life that you can affect, and there are things in your life that you can't affect, right? But a lot of people get consumed by the stuff that's just happening, and it just distracts them from what they're trying to do, right? So it's just interesting trying to unpack the psychology of of how you've become successful, Mario. Because I think anyone, anyone who's listening to this here on Clubhouse or who will be listening to this live once the, um, the episode does go live in a few weeks' time, it's really the lessons that underpin the success which, which create the most value. So that's where I'm getting at. What I'm going to do is, um, is just say if anyone's here, we've got the audience is building up here, which is great. So as I said, we're getting a little bit deeper into what makes Mario tick, which is a lesson for everybody, I think, in terms of uh, principles of success. If you're getting value from this, uh, press the plus button, invite some people along. Um, you know, get them to come here. There'll be an opportunity to ask questions to Mario um, in about 15 minutes' time once we finish this part of the interview. As I said, just because of the rules of Clubhouse, I will be uh, stopping the recording at that point just so I'm being um, open and transparent with everybody. Okay, so Mario, so at, at what point in time, right, if you go back in your life, at what point in time did you start to sort of feel that you had this kind of entrepreneurial streak? Has it been with you forever or is it something that you found along your journey, you know, say earlier in life? Uh, since childhood, I would sell anything I could get my hands on. What caused it? And uh, I'm going to answer this question differently, if, you, if that's okay, Nick. Because yeah. uh, a lot of people try to find the reason. But when I researched it, a lot of who you are now, a lot of it you've developed yourself and you've constructed. I'd say about 80, 90% of what I am now, I've constructed myself. And some of it comes through nurture and nature. So genes and also the environment you grew up in as a kid, as a child, when you couldn't construct anything. So I would say that part of the entrepreneurial side came up through the nurture nature, where I was too young to actually develop it or anything to know what triggered it. And that's where that came from. But then developing it into who I am now, my life has literally been a whole, just me building a Lego uh, castle. I've constructed every little piece of my life now. But otherwise, the entrepreneurial part has been there since, since being a kid. Okay. And was there anyone on that journey that absolutely inspired or mentored you 
um, at that point, you know, certainly as you were starting to build what you've created now? I wish. I wish I had the privilege of having a mentor. I think it's one of the most important things in life. Um, but I definitely didn't have a mentor. I had the opposite of mentors. So unfortunately, I, I didn't have that privilege, which made, made it much more difficult because I had to learn from my own mistakes. But then the internet became my mentor. I could listen to podcasts just like this one um, and people that achieve much more than me and just learn from them. I get it. Okay, so there's there's a certain there's a certain degree of you just you know as I said getting super focused and being, you know they call it burning desire in Think and Grow Rich. You know the burning desire to be successful, which is just an incredible, um, incredible skill, emotion, whatever you want to call it, um, in terms of people who really get to sort of you know the, the the largest, the largest spheres of of achievement. So what what ultimately are you trying to create, Mario? Nothing. To be honest, that's, that's because I said earlier, and, and everything I say, I mean. So I'm not saying something just for the sake of filling the gap. I mean when I said momentum drives me. So the, 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 the process of getting somewhere is what drives me. I know that about myself, and that's actually pretty dangerous because when the momentum stops, let's say I break my leg or I have an accident, then I'm, I'm highly likely to go into depression. So that's why I have to keep the momentum going. So momentum drives me. There are small end goals here and there. Like I want to reach, you know, get to $100 million in net worth, uh, which is my, my short-term goal. Or um, the rest of them, I will, I've, I've completed most of them. To be honest, that's the last one. So I don't have any. I'm just finding, instead of having goals, I'm finding different triggers that keep that momentum going. Clubhouse is the most recent one. So if, if I can ask this then, are you scared of that momentum slowing down? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I wouldn't know um, what will happen then. And I'm trying to work on it. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to research the fact that if I am, it's really important, by the way, anyone listening, it is so important to understand yourself as a person because then your decisions will be all calculated and, and you're more likely to make the right decisions in life. So back to myself, uh, because I'm driven by momentum, I need to either keep the momentum going or stop being solely driven by momentum. Um, or just let it, let's see how it goes. I, I, you know, I could maybe, I, maybe it will shift once the momentum stops. I'm actually calmer than I would expect. Or I might find something else that triggers it. So it is still an experiment. I think life itself is an experiment. I'm still experimenting with myself. And um, I'm, uh, I envy the people like my uncle, who's my general manager at one of my e-commerce companies. His name is Francois. We have such a basic, simple life, and I envy not the life because I can't relate to it, but I envy the happiness and the comfort he has with that life um, because I think that, that if shit hits the fan with him, he's more likely to be comfortable with it and, and it has than, than with me. If, if For me, if my momentum stops, uh, I would be an extremely unhappy person, and I've rarely been unhappy. Yeah, well, people, people tend to, to suffer stress, burnout, overwhelm, depression when they're not meeting their expectations. And, and it's a very personal, subjective thing, right? So that's why, you know, to use that example you just had then, if someone's expectations are somewhat, let's call them simple, but, but you know, that, that's, that meets what they expect it to be, then, then they're generally happy. It's when you have higher expectations of yourself and you don't realize them that sometimes frustration can kick in. It's an interesting cycle. My background was psychology before I got into business. You see, so so when I then asked, we need we need to speak we need to speak off the platform because I've got tremendous respect for people. I, that's why I said I like the way you think. 
psychologist, I think anyone that doesn't have a psychologist that they see on an on a occasional or regular basis, you're missing out. Because having people like Nick to dissect your brain, to ask the right questions, to lead you in the right path, is so important. So then you understand yourself, and then you can better calculate your decisions to get a better, uh, a more likely positive income, uh, income outcome. Outcome, yeah. And, and you know, it's funny, like as we get to know each other, and it's, it, we'll talk about Clubhouse in a second, my story and your story are not that dissimilar, right? You know, I, I had to go to a pretty interesting place before I learned the concept of slowing down to speed up. And so when I got more precise and intentional, and therefore, I, I don't like the word balance, because again, I think that's a subjective concept, uh, I had greater success. So it's just an interesting way of, of thinking about things. But it's understanding your motivations and understanding how you do what you do, I think is just a great learning for other people. And that's why I knew this was going to be a fascinating conversation from the outset. So let's, let's go into uh, 2020. I've got some of your bio here. It's probably a little bit before that. Um, when you had the issue with the scam. Because I just want to see how you how you handle this. Firstly, let's explain to everyone listening what happened. Because you've you know amazing business empire that you'd built, and then this thing hits you. Just explain what that was, and then I just want to go a little bit deeper into kind of how you how you responded. Yes, um, that was tough. Like I I was doing really well. I was living the high life, and then a person I won't name them, but a person that I trusted dearly to manage one of my companies. Um, was taking advantage of me for many, many months, taking money out of the company and doing really nasty things behind the scenes. Now, I didn't have a personal brand back then. Um, I do now. I've built it over the last year and a half, two years. And Kirill, who's in the audience, was the person that helped me build it um, in the early days. So I didn't have Facebook. I didn't have Instagram. I didn't have LinkedIn. I did not exist. You'd Google me. you just find my name owning a few companies. And that was it. And that person took advantage of that. So they... They unfortunately um, pretended to be the owners of the company and then started getting money, etc. And that hit me hard. And then they had people internally helping them out. And the company had over 100 employees. And my own employees didn't know who I am. So then I, the company took a massive hit. And when I say massive, it was you know close to bankruptcy. And this was IBC. Within that same month, I went through a, a massive personal crisis. And that was insanely difficult to deal with. And then number three, and, and to, you know, cherry top of the cake, I was diagnosed with a, you know, I had a massive headache, went to get MRI scan, and then they found a tumor in my head bleeding. I didn't know whether it was cancerous or not. All I knew that I need surgery within 24 to 48 hours. And, and I remember my uncle asked me a question then. I'm, he's like, and probably your next question is how you dealt with it. And that will be a continuation of the story. Is that my uncle called me on, on uh, one of those, you know, those three days when everything was happening. No, that was the three days where the tumor was diagnosed while dealing with a scam, while dealing with a personal crisis. You're like, man, Mario, like one thing I want to ask you on a personal level, you get up every day and, and you keep, you know, you keep doing what you're doing without, without stop, without feeling down, without sounding like you're down. You just keep driven, being driven. My answer was really simple because I didn't know what to answer because I did not study myself yet. I didn't understand that part of my personality. And my answer was like, I, I really don't have a choice, do I? which sounds obvious, but it's hard to, to, to convince yourself of that when you're going through shit. And then I realized that this is what, it's linked to what we were discussing earlier, the stoic mindset, where you deal with a problem and you use it to your advantage. So the personal crisis, I changed the way I live on a personal level. You know, I'm more detached from people and I protect myself more, et cetera. 
the tumor, well, the tumor is what it is. I can't do much with that. I eat healthy. I've changed my diet to eat healthy, even though I was healthy. I've taken it a step further. And number three is the scam. So I've leveraged the scam to initiate <laughs> project personal branding. I literally got a VA to follow me 24-7 and record me. From person being like completely private, completely, uh, everything is about me is very confidential. Anything comes up about me on Google, I get my legal team to remove it. To a person having a camera film them 24-7 and upload everything to YouTube. And now I've got a whole content machine. So you find content about me literally everywhere, including a few dozen podcasts that I did. I've stopped now for a few months. And now I'm on Clubhouse. So it's like a complete change in my life, triggered by the mindset of turning something negative and leveraging it to, to become something positive. If I get diagnosed with cancer right now, I, I've thought about it. I would document my journey and record it as a, as a series, how to build a business while dealing with cancer. And I'll make it into a series. See, I've leveraged something. It doesn't get a, the problem is still there. I still have cancer, unfortunately. But I, I made something out of it. Um, so that will be my two cents. You know, I try to give value in every answer I give, Nick. And, and the value there is, is just going back to the book, The Obstacle is the Way. I've had a lot of people, especially this year, come to me last year and, and during COVID, come to me and they're really struggling. I've given them that book. And it had an impact on about 60, 70% of them, which is a big percentage. So I strongly recommend that book because that mindset is how I've lived for many years now. And, and I've doubled down on that mindset recently. Okay. <clears throat> That's awesome. Right. And I love that book as well. Um, there's heaps in this, right? You know, I could go on for ages, but we're, we're starting to get people raise hands in the clubhouse. <laughs> so we are going to go into questions at some point. Don't worry. I'm going to get people up on stage. The thing I find fascinating about people who, who achieve success, particularly through what would be perceived as hardships, okay, challenges, whatever you want to call it, because it's, it's always about what you do, right? You know, we all have shit happen to us in life, but it's not really about the shit. It's about exactly how you step up and how you face that. And so first and foremost, I'm just going to say this, right? That's incredibly brave. You may not recognize it, right? You might like, you know, be humble about the fact, but it's incredibly brave to step in to what you stepped into considering all the things that were going on. Now, you're probably going to say, I don't know any other way, Nick, right? But a lot of people would collapse in that. So I think what you've just given to people, I just want to draw a line underneath this. What you've just given people is both inspiration of how, how to deal with challenges, but also the fact that you can make good from them. So I just want you to recognize that as part of our conversation. I recognize, and, and it's absolutely right. I, I did break down at one point, but that was a bit later, and that's from the personal crisis. So I know the feeling I've only gone through it once. It lasted about 48 hours. For anyone that's breaking down, I can finally empathize with you because I went through it for 48, 72 hours. And I know some people go through it a lot more um, on a more regular basis. But it is a hard, hard feeling. Like it, Putting yourself in the right mindset when you're in, in that state is so, so difficult. And that's where it comes down to taking care of, of things that are external. So you got to look at the foundation of life, of having a good life. So the people around you, the food you eat, some of the health, you know, some breathing exercises, uh, you know, listening to the right people, like the podcast, like this one. That is so important. While we're talking about, you know, stoicism or marketing strategies and tactics, my clubhouse rooms talking about all these different strategies, they the foundation 
will allow you to, to 10x all these things. So if you're doing a great strategy, but you're eating unhealthy, you cannot sustain it for long enough. You cannot have that drive for long enough. Um, so if you want to be, you want to use an obstacle and, and make it into something positive, but you're not surrounded by the right people, you're surrounded by people that are significantly more negative, it's going to make it even more difficult to be a stoic. So I, my two cents there, when I went through the, the crisis, I realized that the people around you, I know you hear this all the time, but it's so important. Like if you want to do one thing, and I always like whenever I speak, I always tell people, take one thing and do it right after I speak. So one thing that many of you can do is look at the people around you, family, friends, coworkers. Uh, genuinely, look at all the people around you right now. Just think about them. Forget about me. Think about those people around you. And then think about who you could remove and imagine your life without them. Don't imagine the process of removing them because that's going to be difficult. But imagine how it's going to be like afterwards, how your life will be like afterwards. And then think of people that you can bring into your life, whether through a podcast like this one, people like Nick and the people he interviews, or anyone on the platform, on, on the clubhouse, uh, people you can connect to on this platform. Just think about those people. And then imagine having those people in your life. Like imagine listening to me every day in a room where I answer your questions. Or imagine being in a room with Nick, such a calm person, guiding you in the right direction. And then take action. Remove those people and add those other people. And then see your life change. Yeah. It's a message that everyone, I think, has to hear, but they don't always recognize it at the time. And, you know, I, I think about, you know, I've had a number of what I'd call transformations, and they are literally transformations in my life. One was when I was early in my sort of late, late sort of almost teenager years. And then I've had a few others since, but I'm not going to go into that today because this is not about me. But, but what I will say is this, is that if I look back in hindsight of what would have been called challenges and most people may have given up or broken down or done whatever, they have been the fuel for me to be able to create the life that I now live. So I look at those things as blessings. I cannot agree more. Like this is an example. We've seen an example live, Nick, in the last seven days. I was flying high on Clubhouse, then everything shattered around me within literally 24 hours. Like the completely unexpected happened. Yeah, like I, wouldn't, I can't even imagine something worse. <laughs> Just happened within 24 hours. And then I, I had this, I'm like, shit, shit, like, screw this. I don't want to do Clubhouse anymore. It's just not worth the stress. I have a good life. Why do I need to do this? But then I'm like, no. I, I went back to the obstacle is the way, et cetera. It's the way I react. So I responded differently. Literally, one day we were sitting down, me and the team, we're sitting down, we're deflated. Like, is it worth it? And we would, you come in the room, they're all dead. 24 hours later, we're flying high. We had the room and, and the room blew up and everything's back to being positive. A complete turnaround. Um, so I genuinely, I honestly urge anyone that is going through a tough time, major or minor, continue fighting through it because you just don't know when it will turn around and you have no choice. And the, the alternative is the worst choice. Yeah, well, you know, as, as they often say, one of the best, if, if, if the only definition of failure is giving up, that's, that's exactly right. And, you know, what, what we'll do now is let's have a quick chat about Clubhouse because we've got quite a few people here. Hopefully they're getting lots of value out of the conversation. As I said, my... My podcast interviews are a little bit different. It's kind of about business, but it's kind of about the person, right? And what you just described there, Mario, was also what I call the entrepreneurial journey in terms of the roller coaster, right? You can have a good day and a bad day and can often be the same day, right? Or your best day and your worst day. So first and foremost, this is this is evergreen, right? So this is going to get published. It's going to get out there and be downloaded by five to 10,000 people very soon. 
so we're going to explain what Clubhouse is and then we can get into the last few days because it's going to be interesting to look back, I think, and listen to this. So, so Murray, do you want to explain what, what is Clubhouse just for everyone who is not on the platform right now who will be listening to this podcast? Um, I'll give you an answer to, so you take action. It's, it's something you'd be silly to miss. And then I'll give you a detailed explanation of what it is. But honestly, if you're missing, on, if anyone on Clubhouse that's listening to us now, you've got an incredible advantage. Don't miss this opportunity. And anyone not on Clubhouse, now you know about it, go out there and try to get an invite. Uh, go on Reddit or something, try to get an invite. You don't want to miss it. Now, what is Clubhouse? The way I would describe it, it's, it's like various Zoom calls happening and you can just jump from one to another. All of them have a title. That's it. So people just open a Zoom meeting, people see it pop up, they go into it or they get notified about it. And you can just go and listen. The moderator can select you to speak, where you ask questions, and they can moderate you, where you go, then you have the power to make allow people to speak and bring people to the audience. So you're imagine in real life you're going from room to room at a conference and sitting down at meetings. Um, or not even meetings, I'll say speeches or meetings, depending if you're a speaker or an audience. But it's done on a, on a on an app. That's how I would describe it. Yeah, and and you know it's it's kind of like early days in terms of what's going on. But the the amount of uh, let's call it influential people, people that we all know, certainly in in various worlds, business, um, sports, whatever else, they're all on here, right? Giving crazy amounts of time. Some people who um, I've met through the podcast, people like JT Fox, who's been on the show and things like that. You know, he's on here like I don't know what ten hours a day. And, and we all have been, right? Because we can see that it, it just feels like it's something that's just going to take off. So what? Let, let's just um, talk a little bit about, you know, your, your strategy here, you know, what you're, what you're doing here. And I think also for people listening, kind of, you know, you've had a huge amount of, I'm going to call it success, even though you, you would call some of it a road, road hump or whatever in some of the paces. But, but what, what, what's been behind that? And, and just explain kind of what you've been doing to, to get the audience that you have, the profile, but more importantly, how you've helped and served. Yes. Um, that's, that's an important question for anyone on Clubhouse, especially. So everyone in the audience now and Ashley by my side uh, is doing the same thing I'm doing. Um, Clubhouse is going to be tough for you to crack if, you don't, if you're not persistent and you don't follow a certain process because there's a certain way it works and you've got to understand it to leverage the platform. So the, what I've done is I started off jumping in rooms in the right rooms and then connecting with moderators, people that have influence already. So I started on zero a week and a half ago, knowing almost nobody on the platform. And what I did was what I do in real life. If you go to a new country and you don't know anyone, you have nothing in your pocket, what would you do? Connect with the right people so they take in the right direction. That's what I did on the platform. I started connecting with influencers, moderators, building relationships. Um, luckily, I do have a, an impressive you know, background building all these companies and having the agencies. So then they would moderate me and allow me to speak. So then I would speak, people would hear me, and I would you know, I'd be very confident, giving value. And then I'd start getting followers, start getting some traction. Now, once you get some traction that way, immediate next step is start opening your own room. People will organically find your room, join it, and then you'll give value. Now, if you heard me speak and you were listening, you'll say I said value twice because it genuinely depends on the value you give. You can have a million followers and you open a room and I've seen people have tens, and tens of thousands of followers open a room, almost nobody joins it. And I've seen you know, myself, I've got 8,000 followers, which is not a lot at all compared to some other people. I open a room, it hits up to 1,000, 1,400 people. 
that's because I'm focused, me and other moderators, I make sure it's focused on giving value. And, and there's Ashley next to me. Anyone on Clubhouse can see Ashley next to me. He's not speaking now because you know, it's being recorded. But Ashley's rooms, if you see them in the morning, European time, he's so focused on giving value. And any, any other moderator that has a room, they're so focused on giving value because they know in the long run, that's why people will, will join their room when they get a notification. When people know Mario created a room, they know Mario's going to you know, go out of his way to give as much value as he can to, to the audience. So anyone joining the app, just join with the mindset of giving as much as you can and not expecting anything in return. And then things will come. The second thing I recommend is look through the audience. And I recommend anyone now in, on Clubhouse, on the app, to go through the audience, people around you. I was doing it while Nick was speaking. There are some big names here, and I'm humbled to see them listen to me. There are some big names around there. The, the amount of talent is crazy on Clubhouse, and the fact that everyone starts at zero makes it even more impressive because you can find millionaires, people worth $100 million, $200 million, a billion dollars, find investors, celebrities by your side. You know, I've had I've had Grant Cardone, I've had Paris Hilton, I've had two sharks go into my room and speak, jump on stage. Um, I'm going to be interviewing um, big business people, and Nick's going to be doing the same because it's just so new that everyone is at the same level, um, and that allows great opportunity for anyone starting out. But it won't last once the app goes out of beta version. Celebrities will just have a head start, and it's going to be immediately harder to reach them, just like it is in real life. Yeah, there's a couple of points I want to just, again, um, draw attention to from what you said there. One of the biggest game changers for me personally was um, a Zig Ziglar quote, which is, if you help people get what they want in life, you will have everything you want and need in life, right? And that's that to me is one of the best quotes around giving and value and contribution. And it's so damn true. The, the more that I've pivoted my life towards contribution, the more I've got back, both both from a financial perspective, income perspective, but also from an impact perspective, so that's the first point. And the second point, I think, is, you know, getting access to people, right, in the way that we are now, the knowledge, the experience, the stories, what we're doing here with you, Mario, is just priceless, right? absolutely priceless. And I think, you know, my learning in the last 10 days has, has been exponential, and that's only going to increase. So I think, you know, we're talking about Clubhouse, but we're also talking about, you know, some, I suppose, philosophies for life here as much as anything else. So that's why I wanted you to share that. Alrighty, I know there's people eager to ask some questions, so I've got a couple last bits for you, Mario, if that's okay. So this has been a pretty full-on 12 months in business. We've had um, a global pandemic. We've had you know, a, a level of chaos and uncertainty that's been unprecedented, certainly in my lifetime. What's your advice for entrepreneurs as they come into 2021? You know, Where should they be focusing on? Not necessarily the sectors of business on that, but maybe how they show up. To, to ensure or to, to, to make sure that they can basically have as much success as possible this year? I think that the pandemic and everything else hasn't changed certain foundations of business. And it kind of highlights one important mentality to have when launching a product or a service or a business. That's probably the biggest point of value that I can give anyone listening. And I'll give you something you can actually do right now. I want you to, if you're not driving or anything, actually, even if you're driving, I want you to stop the car. And if you're on your computer, it's even better. And I want you to go to YouTube and write Bill Gross, G-R-O-S-S, TED, T-E-D. It's a six-minute video where Bill explains the importance of timing in business and it applies in life if you start digging into it. 
the, the way I've built all my businesses is by launching the right product at the right time. Even if you do everything wrong, getting timing right will give you a massive head start. If we go back to Clubhouse, people that started on the app in April, in May, in June, July, August, they blew up. It was so easy to blow up then compared to what it is now. And it's still easy to blow up now compared to what it will be in, in one or two or three or four or six months because the timing is right. So beyond opening it, finding it, buying an iPhone and, and going up to Clubhouse, which is a must, it's the right time for what? The world has changed. How has it changed? Ecom's blown up. That's one thing. CBD is blowing up in Europe. That's another thing. So find those trends, find those opportunities and jump in at the right time. You will have a massive head start in business. And the same will apply in life when you start digging into it. So I would say that the one piece of, of advice I can give anyone and whether there is COVID or pre-COVID or post-COVID, actually it's more important post-COVID because the world is changing, is um, just focus on timing and then focus on the rest. Awesome. All right, I knew this was going to be a good conversation, <laughs> mainly because I've sat in rooms with you for the last so many days listening to, to how you've done that. Um, amazing, really. There's so many things here which I think people are going to get value for. So thank you very, very much for coming on the show. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the conversation as well, Mario. The last question I have for you is where can people find you um, if they want to ask you any more questions or just you know to get some additional inspiration from you? Sure. Uh, just Google my name, Mario Norfolk. Uh, N for Nelly, A-W-F for Fred, A-L for Larry. Um, and just try to you know reach me on any channel and try to get whoever responds to connect it to me on WhatsApp. Uh, and they should. The only platform I check personally is WhatsApp, sometimes Instagram. So that's the best way to reach me and, and um, any way I can bring value. And I'm happy to try my best. Awesome stuff, Mario. Thank you very much, sir. Great having you on Scale Up Your Business. And there you have it, another episode of Scale Up Your Business. Thank you very much for listening. And if you haven't yet, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the show become even better. And while you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button to help you on your scale up journey. Now, perhaps you're thinking of growing and scaling your business. Perhaps now is the time. If that's you, then please check out suyb.global. That's where we have all of our programs, including the Growth Accelerator Partnership, the Maximize Value Partnership, all of our services, and of course, coaching and mentoring. Once again, be grateful, be brave, have faith, and show up. Until next time.